two, one. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Big Boss Battles Big Boss Babble. I'm Trench J, as always, and I'm here with Dan. Hello. And Toby. Hello. And as this is the last podcast of the year, we're going to take a look back over the previous year in gaming and just have a just a general discussion about what happened this year. So, Dan, we'll start with you. What's been your highlights from this year? Highlights for this year? Ooh. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, early access games that I followed that have developed really well. Uh, Battle Brothers also actually launched from early access. I, I disallowed it from my own uh, Game of the Year 2016 uh, because it was in early access and it had only gone into early access in 2015. So so it actually launched in 2017. So that was a highlight for me. There's been some really cool games come out in general uh, in the indie game space. Uh, it's been a pleasure writing about games this year because there's always something new going on. Uh, obviously... The the industry's changed a lot because the Switch has has kind of made everybody want to get their games onto other platforms a bit more as well. And and yeah, no, it's just, it's just not wrong there. It's been a it's been a it's been an interesting year for the industry. There's been some absolutely massive AAA games come out as well, big budget games. Uh, 2018, I need to stop saying AAA, but yeah, uh, yeah, some some stormers come out this year steam direct wasn't ridiculous even though it kind of is and <laughs> wasn't at the same time i mean we're now getting 20 odd games come out a day but it hasn't destroyed the industry uh as everybody was saying as a matter of fact we're starting to see publishers have to emerge and new pr firms have to emerge in order to make games that are higher quality get an audience so all of a sudden we're going back to when the industry started blooming uh a couple of decades ago so yeah, yeah uh, 2017 <laughs> yeah how about you toby what's been your big things this year all of the games that <laughs> been definitely <laughs> looking back on this year when i did my game theater piece i went through and like all the games i played this year there's just so many great games came out this year from Tiny Little indie games to Massive the Bowstar about to get Deadlock came out this year the Party Yard 2 yeah or something uh, Chroma Squad there's all these great games that come out and it's good game good year for games definitely I mean yeah my, my big thing for the year was obviously the Switch I've always been a big Nintendo fan, and the, the, the fact I was trying to hold out on that. Yeah, the fact that it <laughs> came out, you know, everyone was a bit, a bit nervous of it before it came out, and then it just, just, it just went mental, didn't it? Really, it came out. It sold a ridiculous amount of money. Publishers are now clamouring to get their games on it. It's, it was, it was quite a surprise to see Nintendo come back with such a vengeance. It was quite surprising, mm. but also for me. On on a, on a more personal level, this this year's been more of a an eye opening world. I mean, I've played indie games before, but they were always the the sort of bigger, more higher profile indie games like Braid and Fez and things like that. But this year, because I've come on board and I've joined B three, my eyes have been open to a lot more a lot more indie games, and I've been having a lot of fun with them. Especially that one that you put me onto the other day, Dan. That Immortal Redneck. It's a very Which... very fun game. I mean that came that came from nowhere for me. I saw it. Uh, I think I first heard about it 
a little bit at the end of last year, but then at the start of this year, I stumbled into the one of the guys from the team who was showcasing at Rest, and it was wasn't long before launch, and yeah, it was just really good fun, surprising. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it just a really fun game. I, mean, I, I the the biggest thing that I held against it. You know, ignoring the fact that everything's a rogue this and a rogue that, the biggest thing that I held against it was the fact that it had that that clean lighting shine uh, that Unreal Engine tends to give to games. Like, there was always this kind of telltale visual style to Unreal Free Engine yeah, games. Was the, shiny. The, <laughs> the characters had this kind of tended to be these kind of meathead characters, like in Dishonored or in Bioshock. Uh, and Unreal Engine 4 likes, well, I think the nearest game to compare uh, Immortal Redneck to is probably Ziggurat. And Ziggurat, similarly, when you move and when you turn, everything's super smooth, and the lighting just has that, it just has that brilliant lighting and the, the, the really cool smoothing effect. Yeah, everyone's coated in a tiny layer of plastic. Yeah, and... Yeah, that was Unreal I mean, 3, wasn't it, yeah. And I mean, un- and obviously the texture popping of Unreal Three, but mm. uh, Immortal Redneck is fantastic. The the contents of the game are exceptional. When you see some of the the little characters in there, like I, like I think I said, the little snake character, the little one shot snake character, I would I would buy plushies of that character, you know. And the everything about the game once you get past that initial, because because I was covering Greenlight so heavily. I think that's what it was when when Greenlight was still a thing last year. Uh, you'd go onto a game and you'd give it two or three minutes. So you'd look at the visuals and you'd say, right, I can see what engine that's made on. Right, I recognise those assets. Right, I this, I that, I that. Because you've got to filter down, you know, twenty odd new games every day down into down into what you want to feature on the site. And so I started to see all these games with absolutely exceptional lighting and absolutely kind of lovely smooth visuals and then I figured out that it was the Unreal Engine and so I kind of became cautious towards the engine but I, I kind of wish I hadn't because I, I nearly I nearly kind of uh, ignored Immortal Redneck and I'm, I'm glad that I didn't Yeah, I mean I'd never been a big fan of the roguelikes because as we've had discussions in the past I'm not a big fan of dying yeah, and <laughs> but I mean, one. What was the other game that I played? I think it was this year. It might have been last year. Where it was Rogue Legacy. Yes. And I think because it, it was another thing that brought me onto indie games was actually the the PlayStation Network because they they're free games every month. They were giving away sort of indie games most of the time. It was never really um, big budget stuff. And Rogue Legacy was one of the ones given away on there. And even though it was. It, it, it was it was a sort of a thing that made me realise that roguelites are about dying. Yes, it's kind of like a core game mechanic is that you die, but you kind of keep some of your progression and you keep going. And every time you die, you'll get a little bit further. As not only are you getting better characters and better stats because you're buying the stuff, but you are also getting better at the game. And it's just that constant progression, the restarting, on 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 on. Yeah, yeah I've, um, but I've never been a big fan of most of them. But yeah, like Rogue Legacy, um, Immortal Redneck kind of kind of grabbed me, and I was like, 
I like it. And I like the fact that they've done the filters over the visuals as well. It's not like your stock Unreal. You've got, you know, they've put the vignette on it and they've put the sort of the artifacing and the crackle over the top like the so it looks it looks a bit old at the same time. Yeah. But yeah, it's a great fun little game. I've not seen a boss yet though. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's absolutely fine, isn't it? Because you do feel like you're progressing. I mean, yeah. There was a few years ago it was the massive wave of rogue likes. Uh have to talk a bit clearer, sorry. But rogue likes as opposed to rogue lights, but uh massive wave of rogue likes. And a lot of those were still completely wiping your characters with permadeath. And they were still quite fun because you challenged yourself to... Because you were still learning how to get further in the game. Even if, you know, your dice rolls were weak, you were still learning the mechanics of the game Mm -hmm. and how to get further. But with Rogue Lights, one of the main things they've added in is what you were referring to, which is that character progression. Yeah, the upgrades that you buy, and then they carry on no matter how many times you die. That's that's quite... And that is... That is good fun. They've just added that into uh, Death Road to Canada, actually, through zombie points or zombo points, uh, which is an interesting addition. But, uh, but yeah. Yes. But, yeah, the, the Switch. You, you mentioned the Switch. Yes. Well, that's the, to, me, to me, that is the big thing of this year. It's the, it's the, it's the one mm. big thing. I mean, obviously, the Xbox One yeah. X got released... With the, it's as, not last year. With as much fanfare as of a Nats fart. But <laughs> and uh, Player Unknown Battlegrounds, of course, that was a pretty big story this year. PUBG on the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we don't want that kind of negativity on the Switch. I don't think Nintendo would give it the seal of approval in its current state. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> Especially considering how goddamn broken it is on the Xbox. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not really had a good time on the Xbox, has it? <laughs> no. So, speaking of PUBG... <laughs> Go on, uh, get it in. One last time this year, Toby. Go on. I'll, I'll let, I'll let you go. PUBG wants it. to not be terrible next year. Yes, indeed. Which what, is... was it, what was it they, they got they got flack about a little while ago? They Instead of actually fixing what some of the bugs, they? they concentrated on giving the female characters a camel toe or something. Uh, that was an, uh, that thing. I'm not sure about the fixing bugs, but I believe the Kawato thing was they they got new models from a third party source, which had uh, a modelling defect. Oh, that's what they're calling it. Are they a modelling defect? Not the modeler well, was a pervert. <laughs> y- yes, <laughs> we, we can say that as well. But it was not, according to all sources, uh, PUBG cause fault. Fair enough. Aside from not screening their models well, yeah. at well. Yeah, or possibly just, liking the models, we're not sure, but yeah. But yeah, that, but that managed to quickly sneak in to, to try and grab any Game of the Year awards, didn't it? By releasing in a buggy state right at the end of the year. Yeah. That's all that was. Because you, even, you, I mean, I know you love the game, but you've got to admit it's not finished. Yes. It's not done. Yeah, it's, at the it's, moment, to me, it's it's kind of like because obviously, if you look at something, let's like, say Fortnite Battlegrounds or whatever it is, I can't remember what it is. Fortnite, was it called Battle Royale? Something, yes. See, so Fortnite Battle Royale is just a mode of a bigger game, and to me, that's yeah. what PUBG feels like. It doesn't, to me, feel like a whole game. 
It feels like mm. a mode of a game. I mean, and, and that's the thing. That's why I have a problem with it because it's. I mean, obviously, obviously, uh, Battle Royale is free as well. PUBG, you're playing a premium price for to me what feels like a quarter of what a game should be. It it feel it felt like it needed more maps or it needed a different map system. Uh, we were before I played the game, we were talking about how they might do new maps, and then obviously they just went out and released one, but. Uh, and I was talking about how if they had a much larger map and it was just a cutaway subsection of the map that was picked each time, something else to add a bit more variety than the humans and the randomization of drops adding variety. Yeah. Although it is, I, I would I would disagree, and I, I I would say that I have played games that have had less content than that and been happy with it being complete as a game. I mean, I did I did enjoy what I what I have played of it a couple of times I haven't you know had the time really to go back and play it again but and I didn't have any bugs uh had a pretty fun time playing with friends but it's not a game that I think I'd boot up on if I was sitting there on my own board but uh yeah it's more but of a then I've not seen the bugs game. I guess so has been getting better but there is still a long way to go yeah I mean I think they can I mean, obviously, I know their big thing is a hundred players on a map, but maybe just have like other modes, just like a quick skirmish mode, smaller maps with just like twenty people, and it's just like like five minutes, like super quick matches or yeah. something like that. Yeah, I'm sure they could branch out. Yeah, they could do I mean, something that's... where you start in one building and the enemy starts in another building, and you can only go within this defined area, and so you've got to basically push on the opponent. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, I would. I mean, even though I'm not a big fan of it, I'd like to see them branch out and do more with it. I mean, I know you're going to have that sort of that hardcore subset of people that are probably never going to play any new map, and they're always going to play the original map no matter what, and they're just going to stick with it and do that. But I think they should branch out and just go like, okay, this is we've we've got our audience now. Let's start doing other things that going yeah. down the road and expand it out into a more full experience I mean obviously they're starting to mm. do it with, with maps and things like that yeah. it'd be interesting to see where they go with it because I mean obviously the, there is the possibility that they could just sit on their laurels fix the bugs and then just go let's just let the money roll in yeah I mean if they fix the bugs there's nothing stopping them from going right that's it that was Player Unknown Battlegrounds thanks everyone <laughs> we're releasing a new game next year called PUBG 2. Yeah, exactly. The musical in which you can sing before <laughs> you jump out of the plane. Yeah. Uh, you already can. You can sing racist swear words in the plane. Oh, there you go then. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, so. Speaking of unkind gamers, there was a slight issue that happened a day or two Oh gosh! Some yeah. point in the past, yeah, when was it four or five days ago. That's uh, the problem with this modern news. I don't know when anything yeah. happened. It just like, it happened. The previous, it yeah. happened sometime in the past, recent past. Yeah, that's all we know. A couple We're of days on, prior to recording, but yeah, go for it, sir. Regale us with the story. Yes, so there was, as always in online games, people don't like each other. I think that's a 
fact of life. And there were two, I believe this is not going to be perfect news because there's been a lot of mixed and matched, but there were two players in Call of Duty World War Two who decided to swap the other player because they didn't like them, and in some mix either provided a wrong address or just gave a random address, and someone was shot because of it. A SWAT team went to someone's house. It's not Which, good. So, so it was. So it didn't even go to the right house. They just swatted someone completely uh, random. Sounds a bit odd, if you ask me. No, it was some random. I think someone gave a random address. I mean, which they then used. I'm not going to say that that's even worse than the uh, situation if, as if the person was the actual subject of the calling, because both would be terrible. But yes, but this is someone a, random a with no relation getting killed. Yeah, no, I see. I, 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 would, I would say it's worse because you've brought in a third person that's got nothing to do with it, and they've then got killed. I mean, uh, I mean, either either way, the, if, I, if it's if not the worse, person, I'd say it's probably more tragic. Yeah, definitely. I, I, yeah. I I'm agreed on that terminology. The loss of life is the same, but yeah, yeah. The, yeah. And completely un. I mean, either, both cases would be completely unacceptable and undeserving, and whatever. Uh, it really underlines uh, the the gung ho nature of the police forces as well. Mm, but, but I don't think now's the time to really discuss that in the wake no, of... That's a, that's a giant can of worms as well. Exactly. Uh, it's a mix but, of both. But the fact that uh, the fact that people consider one inacceptable to... To... Uh, to swat in the first place. police on something and then... Yeah. And then, then two... It, yeah. It seems odd if this was a, just a random address that they called through as well. I mean, maybe they yeah, they all, thought they'd got somebody's information, but they had the wrong information. It, it seems, in all accounts, to be unconnected. I've not uh, either a mismatch of saying or just someone saying a random address for the lols. Got you. I've uh, I've not looked into this story to be honest. I've been pretty uh, pretty out of the loop on on social media, and so I'd missed this. But I had heard something had happened. It's definitely the fault of people for utilising this uh, machine, the US police force, for this nefarious end. But it's also ever so slightly that this machine shouldn't be so easy to trigger. A phone call shouldn't end with someone being killed. Agreed. Which, hopefully, this will result in the full force of justice and the law being deployed and these people becoming deterrents. Yeah, it's definitely people. not the police's fault, but there is ever so slightly something that they could change as well. Although, of course, well, the full there is... fault goes with the criminal yeah. in this case. Yeah, I mean, there needs to be a deterrent to stop people from repeating uh, the actions that mm. caused this. But then, at the same time, opening fire, you know. Yes, maybe a little more. But yeah, it's... yeah. Can't really comment on other police forces, uh, but I'm just glad that ours over here don't uh, 
open fire before asking questions, as it were, in yeah. some cases. Uh, and I'm very lucky that I'm not identified as a threat, I suppose, because of who I am or what I am. Uh, but yes. Yeah, it makes yeah. me wary about streaming. Yeah, and that's it, exactly. True, yeah. yeah. Because it just shows that some people's sense of humour these days just isn't compatible with modern society. And that modern society isn't compatible with some people's sense of humour. Uh, and the machines behind modern society as well. Which increasingly is going to involve the internet. Yep, very true. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's go off this depression subject and let's talk about the Switch some more because the Switch is awesome. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously they've they've right. So we've got two Game of the Year candidates already on the Switch. They're two major franchises, which is Zelda and Mario. Yep. Both both took mm-hmm. a, both took a risk on what they did. Obviously, Zelda changed up the formula completely from what they've done before. I, mean, I would take ever so slight issue with that, but yes. Well, all right. It's it's like the first one. <laughs> yeah. Go on with what your thing was, and then I'll butt in in a bit with my ten cents. I'm intrigued. Well, no, it's let, just, let, Zelda, I'll, I'll Zelda Terry changed up its for, formula. Mario didn't generally change up its formula; just added a new mechanic, which is something that it always does. But it's just yeah, uh, it, it shifted its game. paradigm. It just added to Yeah, but I mean, let's let's get this clear. Saying Mario would still be a great game if you took away the hat, he'd still just have different abilities. It's like saying, if you name another game of the year contender, had its cool new feature taken away yeah. from it, would be da 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 da. You know, like saying, yeah. oh yeah, if Prey took away the ability to mimic things and or and turn turn into them then it'd still be a pretty good game or if Resident Evil uh, didn't have the VR stuff then it wouldn't have pushed boundaries but it'd still be a great game so I think Mario is undeniably still a good game I mean we do need to consider that Mario and Zelda games do come out and they are always well received by people yeah. because the characters are comforting uh, because they are true, yes. long-running characters. They're also magical, because they have that kind of Nintendo magical appeal. You know, adults... Lots of nostalgia. Everybody will, will... Anybody who played a Mario when they were younger, Mario game when they were younger, will still find a comfort in that series running for so long. You know? Yeah. Uh, nice but no, the, the Zelda thing raises a point, because I've recently been reading Derek Yu's book on... Uh, developing Spelunky uh, which he wrote with Boss Fight Game uh, Boss Fight Books sorry uh, and it's a really interesting read but he mentions at one point that he looked at the original Zelda which he loved where there was no instruction and you just made your way through the world and you didn't know where you had to blow up the bombs and he looked at the Zelda games that came after where all of a sudden like on SNES for instance you had cracks in the wall where you could deploy a bomb and all of a sudden you had to go to dungeons oh, and yes. you had to go to dungeons in a certain order because you had to get c- certain abilities and certain items as they went on and and he said uh he said he wanted his his game to be more like that first one where players discovered things and they felt joy when they <laughs> discovered things so if if Zelda is more like that 
oh, this new one is more like that, then that's that's an interesting proposition for me because I know nothing about the Switch really. Is that ingrained in our psyche now as gamers? That if we see a cracked wall, our first instinct is there is something behind it. Yeah, if you see a cracked wall, then then it's that's cracked because really... there's hollow on and the other side. And you need a bomb. Yeah, you need yeah. to get a bomb. That's really interesting. But it's, the old Zeldas didn't have I've... that. No, they didn't. The oh, well, I mean, no, but yeah, they have in previous titles. Yeah. But the the original one, I think, was that what you were referencing, Terry? Yeah, the the first one was just this is a big, this is an open world, just go wherever you want, do whatever you want, mm-hmm. and that's kind you... of what they've gone back to, which is kind of cool. And but but obviously they've they've still got the they've then got they've gone back to the sort of a, a big open world where you can do anything in any order, but they've kind of got the baggage yeah. of the pre- of the other games still weighing over them. It feels like Zelda. Far Cry and Skyrim had a weird, weird baby. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's about right, actually. <laughs> anyway, the thing I wanted to bring up yeah, go was on. having come from over like the course of two years, slowly playing through a bit of Ocarina of Time, and going, "This is what's other than hopping into Breath of the Wild." The bosses are. I was thinking, like, "Hey, this is great. This will be back to the good old days of." Bosses only having free health, and you just need to figure out how to hurt them. Free, as yeah, free. You need to hit them three times, and they they die. Eight, isn't it? Yeah, it's normally eight in Zelda. Uh, oh, the Ocarina of Time, the one that one, how much I played it was, I think, three. Ah, uh, it turned into a Sonic game. I see. <laughs> Possibly. I know Sonic, Sonic was an eight. Thing Mario well. did that. Sonic was Mario eight, did yeah. that though, at least. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all the bosses were free health, but that was a bit, yeah, for me that oh, there's now just a boss with a massive health bar. I've got to hide behind a wall and just shoot arrows at them for the next half hour. It was definitely more about patterns in the Zelda games that I played and enjoyed. Yeah, that you need to like get this thing to turn around so you can hit it in the back. And... Yeah, I forgot Mario did the. You just have to hit the boss three times, but then they've got the different stages and it's hard to hit them instead of just having a lot of health. Yeah, yeah, you, like a lot of old or classic bosses, rather than having honking massive health bars, you generally wait for them to do a move and yeah. then hit them then once they've out. stunned themselves or whatever. So they'll have... Stuck a thing in the ground. Yeah, you have your classic trope enemies, like you have the the bull or the charging thing that just rushes at you and you get out of the way and it stuns itself and so you hit it, or something that does a massive whack into the ground and you have to yeah. either run up its arm or, you know, hit it in the head or whatever once it's done it. Yeah, and Zelda obviously was, was always you've just found this new ability slash gadget in this dungeon Yeah, you now use that for the boss. That's it, uh, and that's and the dungeon will have taught you how to, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's that. I mean, that's that's something that has always been brilliant about Nintendo games, is especially ones that Shigeru's been a part of, is that that visual, natural way of teaching you things without having to go, like you walk up to an edge and he goes, "Hey, stop! I'm just going to pause the game there now. Press A to use this ability." Blah blah blah. blah. Yeah. It, it just goes. Well, you've just got this. It, and 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 kind of the game makes you go, oh, it, does it work on that? 
Jim, oh yes, it does. Okay, now so now yeah. I know how it works. And then because I remember watching or reading something where basically they broke down the original first level of Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Yes, and that and it, this it shows you how to do this. You know, it goes okay. So we we headbutt to do this, or we try and, we try and jump. No, because the first thing is that you should, oh, oh enemy. We don't want to hit that. We want to jump over yeah. it. But where the enemy is placed makes you automatically hit the question mark block. Yep. Which which drops the mushroom, which you then basically yes. can't avoid. So it makes you bigger. So then you automatically know that's good. And then later on it goes, oh, you've got steps. And then you can it shows you you can jump over a gap. But it doesn't matter if mm. you fall in. But then the next one, there's a gap that you can die on. So it sort of shows you what you can do. Here's an example. Now we've changed the example. Now you know. Da, 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 and it yeah, it's the very basis of the... Yeah. tutorial and it, and that's what they've done with every game every Mario game has had yeah. things like that every Zelda game has had things like that it's just built straight yeah the shrines is and it's, it's the shrines are great for perfect. teaching you new and interesting yeah. ways it's to just, use it's powers. just perfect game design it was the uh, I mean the the other one that's always held up as a good example of that is Mega Man because in Mega Man as much as I really didn't click with those games because I, I, I started playing them far too late when they had odd combinations of buttons to get different abilities up on the NES and it never never told me how which completely undermines what you know I was about to say but Mega Man games they have you do something and then they have you do it multiple times in a safe area and then they have you do it multiple times in a dangerous area and then it's in your skill set and it's doing doing this stuff kind of confidently three times in a row was how they introduced yeah. new things, but the original Zelda wasn't like that. The original Zelda was was no, actually Zelda open was world. just ego, and that was it. Yeah. Mm. There was no an adventure. Or That's yeah, it. I don't think it was good. It's and it, to be honest, I think it's a shame that games don't do it anymore. I mean, there's only one game that I can think, or one bigger game that I can think of recently that's taught you how to do stuff in game without any kind of dialogue or things, and that was The Witness. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, because the witness didn't give you any dialogue. Actually, I think it did one right at the beginning, and it, but in, and all it is is basically saying, click and drag, and that was it. It was just basically showing you how to open that door, which was click on the black circle, drag it to the end. Yeah, yeah, that's the mechanic. Of the game now learn how to use the mechanic. Yeah, and that was it. You know, whenever a new uh, element of the puzzle was introduced, it gave you a few easy ones and built up, and then went, okay, yeah. there's your little test thing. Now off you go. I think I think Antichamber did that a bit as well. I, it, I think it did have tutorials. Press this button, then it was work out how this thing works or how you can use it as well. I quite liked that. I think what I liked most about the Witness is that as it introduced you to new puzzles, it didn't forget the old ones. So that original puzzle of the whole dragging from the circle to the other, to the end of the line, persists all the way through that game. They're, they're, you know, they become more hidden in the environment, but they are, they are there, and that's that's what I liked about that. It kind of taught you it for a reason, yeah. As well, so similarly in in the in the non first Zelda game onwards, when you got the boomerang, you then continued to use that for the rest of the game. Uh, Link to the Past, as I continually say, was uh, my favourite of the Zelda games and that had uh, probably about four or five 
of the items that you got that you continually used throughout the game and they always had uses there were extra surplus things like the magic and stuff like that that you didn't really need but but yeah and and I kind of thought that was cool that it taught you a skill set and then you you had to continue using it but I'm I'm Ooh, yeah. interested to to hear or intrigued I suppose to hear that the uh, the Zelda is is much more freeform yeah, I mean, it's much more freeform, but in in the same vein as well, it's it's not got that same kind of thing. So, so in um, Breath of the Wild, there you know you haven't got the hook shot or the boomerang or things. You do have boomerang? Well, you've got those weird swords that work like boomerangs. But what I'm saying is, you don't have that specific boomerang. Here's here's what you use to. Bloody yeah, work. I did really love the boomerang though. It was like. Yeah, it made more sense logically. Instead of using the attack, it was just throw the thing and it comes back. Yeah, yeah. But the the only real thing that it introduces you to is your different, your special skills, like the stasis, yes, your magnesis. rune power. And unfortunately, it does kind of go through this the almost the bog standard tutorial thing with them. Mm, slightly, but it's not yeah. as much as most the... games. It is lessened, admittedly, but it does come up on the screen saying, "Press this to do this, 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 this." It would be a little hard, but once it teaches you how to do it, it lets you experiment. And that's why I was talking about the shrines. That it's great that it's like, "Hey, use this in a new and interesting way," or "Learn how to do this rune which you already know yeah. quickly." Or, but also, I did I would, enjoy that. Also, I, but I was, I was also quite. Disappointed that they sort of they sort of front ended it all because obviously you learn all of those things right at the beginning of the game. True, there's still bit. one rune slot which I don't have yet, which I'm interested about. Uh, I think that's bigger bombs you get later. Spoilers, sorry. Oh. Um, oh. <laughs> but but yeah, but what I'm saying is you know you know that whole first area you're in is basically the tutorial area, and it gives yeah, you everything I did enjoy there. That. I mean, it was a good area. Although there is the... But I was a bit upset that it didn't spread those things out a bit more, if you know what I mean. It's too... I'd say it's too much of an open world game for that. It'd be ever so slightly difficult to... Yeah, I I suppose you're right in that respect. But, yeah, I suppose it is kind of like... I do enjoy that it's... We'll show you everything now, then off you go. And then just go and explore the world with (laughs) these powers. That is quite cool. But it does slightly get rid of the Metroidvania style of I can't come back to this, I'll do it later. So theoretically, everything in the world you can do at that point, which is a bit yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> it's it's different because you know Zelda games, you're very used to that kind of steady progression. Like okay, I've, I've got this, do this, got that. Okay, do this dungeon, do yeah. that, do that. This one's going right. You can do all this stuff. Now off you go. And it's yeah, I, I do enjoy the slightly overload that there's so many things to do, and that I I do enjoy the slight overload that. I can do anything. Yeah. I suppose it is kind of a good thing that they just they they get it out of the way and then just go okay, just go and explore. You know everything now. We've thrown everything at you at once. Now you can enjoy this game, and it just chucks you I'm out. I'm going to go and... cook for an hour. Yeah. Uh, I know that we're going to move off of Zelda and Mario to continue the Switch conversation in a second, but uh, so what with Zelda going open world like this and each Zelda game occupying a different space in the timeline of Zelda how are they going to beat this because it's got to be said in the same Hyrule hasn't it well this is the this well, is the thing right so if if you look at the official timeline the timeline was something that actually did come later yeah they were they were never made around the timeline originally and it was only because 
um, you know, a lot of people were going, oh, there must be a timeline, and people were making their own one. now they're probably... The Nintendo went, yeah. okay, this is it. And, you know, so it, it's kind of weird now that they've they've kind of got this situation where they've got to try and fit it in. Mm. <laughs> Although but I think the, the basic the same structure time is they like could, 500 years later. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, they could just basically just retcon whatever they... Because they're Nintendo, they can do what the hell they want. They just go, well, we'll retcon yeah. that, that didn't happen, da 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 like the CDI game. There was an alternate universe where you forgot to jump. <laughs> but like next next game, is it just going to be larger? Can they go to a new know. area? Are because, they going to? Uh, I believe uh, Wind Waker was like alternate universe islands appeared or something. Yeah. I mean, they're not the same map. There is the basic. Like if you look at the map, you go, "Hey, this is the same basic thing," but it's very. I mean, for, for one, the scale is different, but it's like a thousand years later. So the same things like there is a mountain range in this area, there is a thing here. This is where these people live. It's different. It's changed, and it is. While I know, okay, these people will be in this area of the map. I have no idea how to get there. It's still a completely new area. It's just the same landscape. The overarching geography is the same, even though the actual map is very different. Yeah. It's like, we, well, we, we know, for example, the Breath of the Wild is in the Ocarina of Time timeline. Yes. Because the Temple yeah, of Time is it's there. the same. Because the Temple of Time was only in one of the timelines. Although the Temple of Time has seemed to have moved, which I'm confused about. Well, like you say, the Breath of the Wild is set so far ahead. Yeah, but... Because obviously the Temple of Time yeah. was right next to Hyrule Castle in Ocarina of Time. Yeah, it was, and that, that's why I'm... Yeah, I think it's several thousand years later because it's like Princess Ruto is a figure of mythology. Yeah. Who's your friend in Ocarina of Time. Yeah, very true. Yeah, it's yeah, getting, so, getting into the timeline to speak on... There is on no the worry of you're going to be bookended by... They can... It, it, that's not, I don't think, going to be a really big problem for them. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the one that threw everyone off was the fact I think it was Wind Waker yeah I've read about that basically Wind Waker the the, the sort of the legend of of Zelda and Link and all that kind of stuff is a story that's known in that world and the the person you play the person you play in Wind Waker is just the next person to become the hero of time yeah yeah what does how does Link work is he is he just like I don't know the gods uh well, see, that's Superman that they pop down whenever anything goes wrong. Well, see, that's the weird. Is, that's is the he weird the universe's thing. firefighter? There's all different things because, like I say, with with uh, Wind Waker, you you're a li- you're just basically a kid that becomes the next hero of time with his green tunic. Yeah, because but in Breath of the Wild, you've been up. asleep for a thousand years, a hundred years. So you're the same person, or a hundred years, whichever I can't remember. Well, I think the Breath of the Wild thing is you were originally Link who died. Spoiler, trying to stop the problem, and then they sent you back to sleep to try again. He's not the Link who's been reborn from any other of the games. He was just from the start of the Breath of the Wild game. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, like I say, talking about the timeline as well, you'll just start going cross-eyed after a while because it's very confusing. Yeah. Yeah. So what was... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they try next. So what was was the next topic? Or the next... uh... The next thing you were going to say about the Switch, sorry, Terry. Well, I, th- I think the Switch as well. I mean, obviously, oh, like, yeah. like we've seen, you know, it started out. 
I mean, people people are now coming back and saying that the Switch had a really powerful launch lineup, but it really didn't. There, there wasn't that much there. I mean, you, yes, you had Breath of the Wild, but that was the only really big game that came out. Yeah, Breath of the Wild, and you know, you had Bomberman. I think I got Bomberman. Mario and Rabbids was that launch? No, Mario and Rabbids were only a couple of months ago. Remember, it launched yeah. back oh. in March. That wasn't far back at all. Yeah, so there, it wasn't a very powerful thing, but I think again, it's, it was a lot of developers were nervous because obviously the Wii U didn't do very well. The Wii, while it sold gangbusters, the games didn't really sell very well because most people bought it and played Wii Sports, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. So you know, a lot of people were nervous about the one Switch. two Switch. That was a launch. Yeah, one two Switch. But I mean, we just not mention that. Eighteen months ago, or twelve months ago, or whatever, we were we were expecting the Switch to launch this year. It was going to have a Mario on it at some point, and it was going to have a Zelda on it, yeah. which was probably going to be about launch, and we didn't really know what else was going to happen. And so people were being cautious. And yeah, well, I, yeah. I, I at least predicted it, that it was going to flop and Nintendo was going to die. I a was very did. adamant in the... A lot of people did, It's yeah. going to die. The NX at the time is going to kill yeah. Nintendo. And you see now, a lot of the big, you know, because I, mean, I don't really look at news sites, but I, I watch a lot of people on YouTube. And a lot of the big channels on YouTube that I watched that basically initially said Nintendo are, are, are going to fail, it's going to flop, blah, 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 they've all come out and said, I'm really happy I was wrong, um, I yeah. love my Switch, it's, it's, you know, and they've completely pulled a flip. And the industry's done it as well. The industry's now fallen in love with it. I mean, to be honest, it was a bold move for Nintendo to originally show in that mm. original trailer Skyrim. I, I do think that Bethesda have done well out of all of this considering that their games were pretty badly optimised on the PS3 because of the frame rate <laughs> yep. stuff yeah. and they're generally quite buggy sometimes anyway I think they've done quite well and with the Nintendo Switch they've been in the right time, right place at the right time even though everything kind of launched in a big bunched up pile near the end of the year, I'm seeing a lot of people talking about the Switch version of Skyrim and falling in love again and being able to take it out. And yeah. I it's, mean that, it's interesting. You raise an interesting point there, and it's, it's, it's one of the biggest criticisms that I've seen of the Switch this year is that there were too many games. <laughs> like in November, you had Skyrim, Doom, L.A. Noir, Mario and Rabbids... Um, you know, there was there was a massive influx of really, really big games all in one month. But they didn't have Nintendo, although they were never going to get. They never got. They never really had the third parties for on the on the Wii because people were trying to use the gimmick of motion control to get and it no out. No one could there. get it apart from Nintendo. Exactly, and then the Wii U people tried right at the start, and then they went up, 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 and then the platform just kind of fell away. And then, so on the Switch, everybody's trying to catch up with it. Oh, we've been, not been on Nintendo for this long. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. We've got to get to these new customers. We've got to get to these customers who haven't been engaged for two generations since the Wii. And they probably got the Wii after they put away their PS2, you know. So it's an interesting situation. And I do agree. There have been a mass of games coming out on the Switch and indie games as well. And yeah, well, I, that's the thing. I, About 15 are getting released a week. Yeah. Even now. I mean, and that's been going wow. the whole year. There's over 300 games on the Switch. 
there is there is a massive communication problem with the indie scene, uh, which once again shouldn't really be called, as we say every week shouldn't really be called the indie scene. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a massive miscommunication within it because you get all of these people who have kind of survived or done well on their f- first, second, mm. or third game talking about what they did to get to where they got to. Uh, yeah. and there's not enough people who have just about got by talking about it and there aren't enough people who have kind of dropped out of the industry talking about it in retrospect so yeah. so, so what we saw all of this year is games going right we've just launched on the switch and we have sold the most copies of all platforms added together on the switch and so there's all of these amazing stories going going yeah yeah we've made it yeah this is brilliant yeah the switch is the best console for us ever and so it's making more and more people rush towards it and those stories are going to gradually fall away basically and there'll be a whole lot of people that have you know rushed towards it i suppose like with game development in general uh expecting you know success and and not finding it there with the density of games that are coming out there and while it's nothing in comparison to something like, you know, Steam, now that Steam Direct's in place, it's, uh, there's definitely a lot of games launching there. Yeah, that story from a while ago of that developer was, wasn't they going to end up homeless because their game didn't launch as well as they predicted? Yeah, I think, I think there's been a lot of people who have, uh, well, there's always developers who haven't got much to put towards their game but they have so much faith in their idea that they put everything mm. to it like the Cuphead people more, uh, yeah. sold their house I mean obviously they did well off the back of it but going out and saying hey yeah we put everything we had into it and it's paid off we've sold 2 million yeah, copies 100 people are now starving and it's struggling to survive because they did the same thing followed and, the dream yeah. and people didn't like it as much and that is it's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not a good situation. But yeah, I mean, like you, like you say, though, the indies have done very well on the Switch. And it's good that Nintendo have, have, have you know, gra- really grabbed the reins there. Because, I mean, there's been quite a few that have been exclusive as well that have not been released anywhere else. Like Golf Story. Golf Story was an absolutely amazing game. I want to get that at some point. It looks... You should. Cool. It's a it's a good, honest Aussie game. So, so you should buy it. <laughs> is it actually made by? Yeah, if you remember, I posted a screenshot of the end of the game where it zooms out of the map yeah, know, and it's in the shape of Australia. Is it actually yeah, made in Australia yes, though? It was. Yeah. Oh, nice. So you need to support your fellow hey. fellow countrymen. <laughs> but yeah, it's a very good game. Anyway, I think on that, though, it brings us uh, to the end of the, this podcast and, indeed, to the end of this year. Or last year, as or of when this goes live. Yes, yeah, possibly. A, a time of recording this year. There yeah. was so much we didn't talk about as well. It's been a really eventful oh. year. Uh, uh, yes. we'll, well, no doubt we'll, we'll just carry on. We'll, we'll, we'll end up reviewing the 2017 for the entirety of January or something. This is <laughs> very true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We can, we can talk about retro old school cool and stuff yeah old school cool old school cool and uh, and all sorts of stuff like I can we can talk about our, our game of the year selections once that article is live yep we can certainly so, yeah. do that yes good times so 
from me and everyone else at uh, Big Boss Battle, we hope you've had a good 2017 and we hope you have a good 2018. So, it's bye for now. Bye. 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 Bye.